this week on Twip Weddings. Do you ever feel like you're beholden to your email? Between emails, text, voicemails, Facebook messages, Instagram comments, LinkedIn messages, Twitter replies, these days the number of ways people can communicate with us can be a bit overwhelming. Effectively managing these communications in your wedding photography business is key to being productive and to running a successful business. Today, we're going to talk about how to streamline your communications, reach that utopia known as Inbox Zero, and hopefully make sure nothing falls through the cracks in the process. And welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. Once again, I'm Bruce Clark, and as always, I've got my fellow groomsmen beside me, Mr. Robert Evans and Mr. Brian Capricci. Morning, guys. Does Good that you, morning. Does that make you the groom then, Bruce? Well, no, we're just all groomsmen. I like it. I like it. Well, yeah, we're good. all groomsmen in this. Right. Yeah. In this, well, in this I think you, you wear the bow tie the best, so we'll we'll give that to you. Okay. All so right. all so, we need okay. is a TV with sports on and some alcohol. There yep. you go. Perfect. <laughs> well, this week I'm uh, speaking about you know alcohol and TV on, and we're going to talk about productivity. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! So those are things that won't lead to productivity. But um, specifically, we want to get into. Uh, we could probably do a whole number of you know series on systems and productivity, and we probably talk for hours on it. But this week, we want to drill down specifically on ways uh, wedding photographers can deal with their email, uh, so they can arrive at that utopia known as Inbox Zero. But before we get into that, uh, we want to remind you how you can participate in the show. We've got a bunch of different ways that you can interact with us in the show. Uh, first, visit the website at thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings. Uh, there you will find the show notes for each episode, which contain links to everything we talk about on the show. And you can also leave your comments and feedback for us in the comments section with each blog post. Uh, if you have a question or a suggestion for a topic that we could uh, cover on a future episode. You can also email us. Our email address is twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. Or if you prefer using social media, just add the hashtag twipwed to your post and we will keep our eye out for your posts. And if you're looking for us on the social medias, uh, you'll find us we're on Instagram. We're over there at twipwed. And we also have a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash twipwed. And we're getting uh, you know new people joining us every week, and we're starting to see some discussions uh, starting up there. Uh, we recently put a, a poll up there in terms of how people are consuming the show, if they're watching the, the video or if they're listening to the audio. So feel free to join our Facebook group and participate there. So without, uh, without further ado, are you guys ready to jump in the show? Yeah, let's do, do it. it. All right. Well, these days, I mean, you guys can probably, I don't know if we have enough fingers and toes to count the number of ways that, that people can communicate with us, right? We've got emails, texts, voicemails, Facebook messages, Instagram comments and messages, LinkedIn messages, you got Twitter replies, Google Plus invites. I don't know. Have I missed anything? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it's overwhelming, right? These days, I mean, the number of ways people can communicate with us, it can be a bit overwhelming. So I think, if, you know, effectively managing these communications in your wedding photography business is key to being productive and to running a successful business. So today we're going to talk about how to streamline your communications, make sure nothing falls through the cracks, and hopefully get to that utopia known as Inbox Zero. So I want to kick things off just by... Asking you guys, what are some of the different ways that you, what is your preferred method? I think we, we probably know from previous shows, but if you're just tuning, tuning in for the first time, um, what's your guys' preferred communication method and what are some of the communication methods that you find your wedding clients are, are trying to use or prefer to use in terms of communicating? Who's first? Robert, go ahead. 
Well, my preferred method is still that old-fashioned thing called the telephone. And why the phone? I want to dig it. Why do you prefer the phone over all other? Because I think in today's world, you know, like you just mentioned, there's so many different ways and, you know, people have such short attention spans. And, and I think just a true dialogue, one-on-one conversation with someone, you know, just A, you get way more accomplished and B, you get a sense of that person. Um, you know, with an email, hey, are you open on my date? How much are you? I mean, we've all talked about this, and it's something maybe we can touch on. But, like, you know, what do you do to, like, get that person to call you or talk to you? But I know if I had a, a 15 or 10-minute conversation with someone and got a chance to talk to them, you know, I would sway them. It's probably 50% of the battle. And, like, oh, hey, I like this person. I mean, that's still, you know, I, I believe, you know, a couple should hire you because they like you and then your photography probably secondary. I mean, yes, it's important, but, um, you know, I think that's on purpose. I actually have at the end of my signature, it says, prefers dialogues to text and emails. <laughs> you know, and people will comment on that every once in a while and say, you know, I like to talk on the phone too or, you know, that type of thing. So, however, we are in a world of, you know, texting and emailing, and I would say most of my inquiries, I would say almost 90 8% of them today come in over an email and if not a text every once in a while. Um, you know, are you open if it comes from a planner, past bride, however they're contacting me. Um, and then we use the email uh, as a way to set up a time to maybe have a conversation, which infuriates me too, by the way. It's, it's, I think it's so ridiculous that we, <laughs> in today's world, have to like set an appointment to talk up with the, on the phone. Everyone's afraid to just pick up the phone and call. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those things that, you know, you can't, you have to adapt to it, which I do, but, you know, I still have my two cents in there and says I prefer, I prefer to, you know, talk and have a dialogue with someone. I think as human beings, we just need that. I mean, if, if we didn't communicate one-on-one, -on -one, we would be a very weird culture. I mean, a, as you see, there's been conversations and articles and things, you know, where you see, you know, they talk about teenagers, and they're all in a group sitting around with their phones texting, but nobody's talking to each other. And, yeah. you know, that, that does have a long-term effect, uh, which, you know, I think we're starting to see. But anyway, I'll stop blabbing. But my preferred uh, point of contact is always the telephone. Very good. Brian, how about you? What's your kind of preferred? How do you find your most of your communications are coming in, and what's your preferred? Yeah, I mean, I think I totally agree with Robert. Um, you know, I, I prefer to have what I call, like, a real conversation, <laughs> you know, whether it's over the phone, whether it's in person. Like, for me, in person is the best. I, I, I love, you know, to be able to sit down and talk with somebody, whether it's a bride, whether it's a, another client, another photographer, uh, a vendor, whatever it is, I want to be in front of somebody. <clears throat> but um, obviously sometimes that's not possible, and so for me, phone would be the next best thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is like in, in our culture, like we're just, we've gotten used to text-based conversations. And I think the biggest problem, you know, if we're talking about Inbox Zero kind of as a as a five-mile-high view, I sort of think in general, A, we have too many inboxes happening, so we have to find systems and things that we can say to people to streamline it so it comes to one place because, Bruce, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, like, 
we've got text messages and we've got this and Instagram and Facebook messages and emails and how do we possibly stay on top of all that? Um, there's this idea of, you know, so many photographers say that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so busy, you know, I'm always, I'm just, I'm, I'm, oh, how's business? Oh, good, busy, 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 I'm doing all my, but it's like, you know, it's so easy to mistake being stuck in your inbox for the entire day as being busy, but really at the end of the day, you're not getting anything done. So I think this conversation is super important, especially if photographers want to have, you know, more time or more work-life balance, more time behind their camera, and if they want to have, you know, sort of a, of a clear head. There's nothing more uh, stressful than looking at an inbox that's got a thousand messages that you're not sure what's been answered, what hasn't been answered, all that kind of thing. So I think that's sort of my, my view on it from like a big picture thing. Yeah, I agree. I think there's, there's that infographic, there's two kinds of people and it shows, you know, like a screenshot of their phone and one it has like no, no notifications things on their email <laughs> and, and the other one is they have like 3,500 notifications mm. things waiting, you know, on, on their email. Um, I have a few friends like that and yeah. their, their solution for inbox zero is after a few months, they just go in and delete all their emails <laughs> and then start over again. So I'm, I'm the other type. I always have like those little notification things. If I see one, I get a little, I get a little, I don't know, antsy and right. I just have to, I have to deal with it. So I'm definitely, so let's, let's, Drill down to, for those who don't know what we were talking about when we say inbox zero, what do we mean by inbox zero? What is inbox zero? Well, you know, for me, the idea of inbox zero is basically, you know, your goal should be that at the end of every working day, you have nothing left in your inbox. And, and I think, uh, I mean, the idea of it, this was, uh, I don't know if, if he invented it or at least the first time I'd ever heard about it was from David Allen. Uh, for, he wrote the book called Getting Things Done. I think he wrote it back in the 80s or the 90s. And he has a new version out, but it's like the go-to productivity book for inbox management. And the whole idea is that, you know, we, tr we don't treat inboxes today like we should be treating inboxes. An inbox should be uh, exactly like the whole, even the word inbox. It actually comes from like the non-digital age when we used to have, you know, like little... Uh, uh, things beside our desk that would sort of hold papers, right? And yeah, a little inbox. tray, right? A little inbox, tray. outbox, yeah. yeah. Right, so it's like that. that's what an inbox is. It's supposed to be containing things that you haven't acted on yet or things that you still have to do. So the whole point is that once you've done something with something in your inbox, it should be removed from your inbox. So your inbox is just this sort of uh, you know, recycling list of things like emails that you haven't replied to, things that you still have to do, or things that you haven't acted on yet. So it should you should basically look at an email. Um, in my like the, the you know the teachings of David Allen and something that I teach as well for productivity is you know you look at an email and there's three things you could do with it. One, you could just do whatever has to be done in the email if it's something that that can be done in under two minutes. Two is to what's called defer it which means you know you schedule it to be done at a later time if it's a client saying hey I want you know these revisions done on an album we shouldn't do it right now you know right now if we're in inbox mode uh, then you should just be in inbox mode to stay productive in doing that and then schedule time later to go and do those changes on the album that the client requested but you should then file that email away it shouldn't sit there in your inbox uh, or three would be to delegate it so you could pass it off to someone else um, if you have other people on your team or if you outsource or whatever it is that you do. So that's the idea of inbox zero is that as you touch something in your inbox, 
you do one of three things and then you file it away. And so at the end of the day, you should have nothing in your inbox. The biggest challenge that I've seen photographers do is that when they don't follow that inbox zero methodology, you know, if you have an email that comes in today and it's from a client saying, oh, I want to have these changes done in a wedding album, and then you kind of just, you know, kind of forget about it, it stays in your inbox, you keep doing your thing, and then a couple days go by, and if you, ha if you don't follow this regimen of filing your emails away, all of a sudden that email has now been bumped down by probably 30, 40, 50 other emails, and you kind of forget about the fact that you had to have it done. Or you say, did I reply to it? I don't remember. Did I do it yet? And that's when you start dropping the ball on a whole bunch of things. So, all right, let me just a quick show of hands and ask both of you, how many, in, how many emails are in your inbox right now at this second? Right now we have five on red, 18 total. Okay. I can't Robert. count that high. <laughs> now, so Robert, are you an inbox zero guy? Uh, you strive to be an inbox zero guy. I strive to be an inbox zero, and I think what's important about this show is that, full disclosure, I have attempted this many times. I have I have good intentions. I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm gonna do it, um, and and I'm successful sometimes at it. I mean, I've never, I don't think I would go back to inbox zero currently unless I did what one of you said and just delete my whole entire <laughs> inbox and then go back and be like, okay, I'm gonna do it again. Um, but I, I have attempted this. I do some uh, some things. Um, I came up with a different pick of the week, so I'm going to talk about because Brian just mentioned it, you know, putting stuff, you know, taking your email and putting it off later, and Brian talked about it earlier. This was going to be my pick, but I think it's important for the conversation. Uh, in Gmail, uh, there's a tool called Boomerang, and it's a perfect way to do that where uh, it comes in. It's just an app. You can download it to your Gmail. I, I think it's even free. And um, so you could say deal with this later. So if it comes in, in your box and it's a it's your client with album notes but you're not in album changing mode you're gonna do that at four o'clock this afternoon then have it come back to you at four o'clock um, it's really great for that or it's something you don't need to deal with today you can deal with two weeks later whatever it's a really great tool to do that and it's kind of uh, a step towards that um, so I do use those and, and I try to I think one of my biggest frustrations and I'm sure everybody can relate to this you know, because we're so accessible to everyone at any time, I'll get clients that email me at 10 o'clock at night or on a Sunday afternoon when I'm not working or that's my family time. And then, you know, they blah, blah, blah. And then I sort of feel obligated to, like, deal with it. I want to return the email so that I know that it's done and it's off my plate because I'm definitely uh, guilty of doing what Brian said, too, where something will come in, 10 other emails, it'll get pushed down, and then I'll forget about it. Um, I think I think for me that's probably um, one of my biggest struggles. So I always like to just want to deal with it, but then that can cause strife even in my own family life. My wife hates that I have my phone all the time, and that I'm like, but I'm like, I got to deal with it. I got to deal with it. You know, I want I just want it off my plate. Uh, so you know, it's one of those things. I I've used. Um, just it can just be pick of the week um, for certain things with different companies. Wonderlist, there's many of these types of programs out there, but Wonderlist um, is kind of a more of a you create a to-do and a task-based thing. So if I do get an email and it's concerning an album, you know I can I can send it to Wonderlist or I just go into Wonderlist and copy and paste and make a note so then I don't have to worry about the email because now it's in my task-based management. Um, there are several programs that do this. Uh, you know, Wonderless is just one of them, but it works pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I get a ton of email too. 
I mean, as you can probably imagine, I probably get close to 100 emails a day. Um, and some of that is, it is junk. Um, I'll tell you a funny one of my, I just think it's, you know, because I think about my overwhelming email and dealing with it and um, you've probably heard me talk about it before, but one of my clients, I've photographed her wedding, I've photographed personal events for her, her kids is uh, Marissa Meyer of Google, or uh, formerly of Google, now the CEO of Yahoo. And uh, I was spending some time with her last summer uh, working on some projects and I was sitting with her in her home and, you know, she was on her email and I said, Yahoo mail, Yahoo mail, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I said, Marissa, I said, oh my gosh, I said, I hate my email and and I said, I can't imagine how much you get. I said, I get over 100 a day and I'm sure that pales in comparison to what you get. I go, how do you return all your emails? And she looked at me and she smiled and she said, oh, Robert, she's like, I read all my email, I don't return it all. Hmm. So, you know, it's, but for our clients, of course, we have to return the emails. And, and yes, I get emails that I don't return sometimes just because I can't, my intentions are good. I'll get an email from a photographer asking me, oh, I love your work or this, that, or I want to assist you. Or, you know, I try to write those people back because I don't want to be, you know, come across as that you know, a whole guy, but sometimes I, my intentions are good and I don't, and then that person gets pushed down. I just thought of one today. I'm like, oh my gosh, that guy emailed me like two weeks ago and I haven't returned his email. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, on, like you say, you get about a hundred emails a day, Brian, on average, what do you get in a day for emails? Yeah, I'm probably not, maybe not quite a hundred, maybe closer to 50 to 75 a day, depending on the day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not as popular as you two. I get maybe 50, 40 to 50 a day. It just depends on, on the day. And again, some of it's just, you know, newsletter subscriptions or notifications or, you know, these these kinds of things. So um, I guess for me, it's probably easier to get to that inbox zero utopia just based on, you know, I'm not dealing with the volume that, say, you are or that Marissa Meyer is dealing with, right? So obviously every situation's a bit different, right? And people have different volumes of email that they have to deal with. Um, quickly, I want to ask you guys, what are you, so, so Robert, you're using Gmail, right? Yep. Okay, do you, are you using an email client to, for your email, or are you just using the web? Uh, yeah, I use the web. I have, um, I pay a little more, and I have, like, the Gmail apps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have about five or six different emails that run through Robert Evans Studios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about $50 a year per email, but you get a little... Uh, little more advantages in the things that you can do and, you know, syncing with your calendar. I mean, it all, it works, but you don't have to pay for Gmail. It is free, you know, and it works actually very well, um, but that's what I use. Brian, how about you? What, what's your email client of choice? Yeah, so I use, like, we use Google uh, business apps as well, so all of our domain stuff is through Google, so uh, we use Gmail. I guess, you know, just the thing is just to clarify, like, when I say that, and Roberts is saying, when we, when we use Gmail, it's not like I have a like you know, bcapphoto at gmail dot com. It's yeah, it's my, it's my yeah, it's it's my own domain. It's just it's hosted through Google Mail, um, so that's what I use. And I actually use the web app for it um, because there's all kinds of tools that I use. The one of them that Robert mentioned um, is only available for the web app, so that's why I use it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's an important mm -hmm. side note, I think. For those of you that are running a photography business and your email address is, you know, hotpants73 at, at you know, hotmail.com or, you know, <laughs> sexygirl24 at, you know, yahoo.com or something, get a domain. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I always, the one that kills me is still someone with the AOL email. Yeah. I realize it's a viable, but when you just see it, it's just because it was kind of the first email, you know, and it's something at AOL. I always wonder if they're wearing a members only jacket as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, then when, if I see that from another business as a consumer, if I see that come back in from somebody that I'm looking to maybe buy a product or a service from right away, I immediately sort of think, look, this person isn't treating their business professionally. They haven't even right. taken the time to register a proper domain name and get a business a business email address, right? Right. So that's, you know, right away I'll sort of discount, you know, I might not outright discount them and, and not use them, but I, I certainly would push them down the list in terms of consideration. You, you so, know what I love about the Gmail too, going back to the apps, and I think it's, I'm glad you mentioned that, Brian, because I didn't think about it, but yes, you can just run any email that you have, but it says, you have to have a domain. So, you know, if you had, you know, wonderfulgirlphotographer.com, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it would say that it wouldn't say Gmail, but, uh, you know, mine at my URL, robertevans.com. If you type in anything, anything in front of at robertevans.com, I get that email. So you could type in, you know, goofball at robertevans.com, it will come to me, Dave at Robert Evans. I get anything that you put in front of that. So that's kind of fun sometimes, you know, to use for marketing purposes, uh, you know, Facebook at robertevans.com or whatever you want to put in front of it, but it will come to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to have those catch-alls in case people do send, like, because it's fairly common to send, like, an info at or a right. support at or what have you, right? So... So everybody, so I use we use Gmail as well. So I'm the same as you guys. Um, we use Gmail um, for for business, sort of through our domain. So um, that's that's our email client of choice. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, what are some some communication roadblocks. So we we talked about all the different ways that that clients can communicate with us, right? We've got email, we've got text, we've got phone calls, and things like that. Um, can you guys think of any sort of communication roadblocks that maybe we're putting up as photographers or maybe on their end that might prevent clients from being able to book our services? Have you seen any examples of this um, out, you know, out in your out in your travels or in your teachings or just in your in your experience running your studio? Uh, I have two. Um, I think, you know, we all have contact forms on our website, but mm -hmm. I see a lot of photographers that actually don't put their email address on there in case somebody doesn't want to fill out their contact form. Mm -hmm. I think it's super important, of course, have your phone number and, you know, just a regular email if they want to get a hold of you there. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, more and more, I'm sure there's different applications. Um, I use a company called Ring Central for my phone systems. And... Um, it allows me to have uh, use one of my phone numbers for text as well, but it doesn't, it, even though it still comes to my phone, it's not my personal cell phone. So I have a number on my phone, or I have a number on my contact form that says, you know, we, we love to text too, text us. And people are more and more starting to do that. I mean, we live in a world, you know, like I said, I don't love it, but I can't fight it. So I have to open my arms to it, and, and I allow it another way for a text to come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's tough. Where do you find that balance, right, between what you what you prefer to do versus you want to 
op, you know, be available and accessible and not make it difficult for a client to reach you. Brian, have you got some other examples? Those are some great examples, Robert. Brian, have you got any examples of communication roadblocks that might get yeah, in the way? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I actually, in a way, kind of um, disagree a little bit with the idea that I think, you know, we have to be accessible <laughs> in those ways. Just because, you know, it's one of those things, I don't think just because something is there, that means that we have to offer to support it. Um, you know, I think that we can make our own policies as business owners, and we say, this is how we communicate. And I think when you frame it in the context of the client and explain it in that way, I think that's fine. I actually, like, case in point, literally yesterday, I had a phone call with a client. It was a meet and greet, and then she was saying at the end of the call, um, she said, oh, yeah, you know, so, you know, can we just text you and let you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what, actually, I don't really text for business because I've got a studio manager, and sometimes it's hard to keep things all in one place. When I say I'm going to text this client, I'm going to Facebook this client, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So I just say, if you could just email us, and that way we kind of have it all in one place, we don't lose anything. And then I tell her this little cute little anecdote of like, you know, this wedding that the bride told me via text that I'm supposed to be in this one place, but via email she said something else. And we ended up kind of goofing up the morning of the wedding because everything wasn't in one place. Now, that story is fictitious because it's just a story that I've made up as a sort of parable to yep. explain the benefit of this. But A little white lie. A little, a little white lie, but when I put it that way, it's like she's like, oh, yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah, no problem. I'll email you. So, you know, because of that, I was able to kind of bring her into that, and I set the expectation now this is going to be a client for the next year and a half for me. She's going to understand that I don't text and that I email. Mm-hmm. So I, I think just as a little, that's just a side note, and, and just you know, my opinion in terms of how I run my business and our policies and everything here, but I think one of the biggest challenges that photographers have in terms of email and communication and all that, and the biggest roadblock is that uh, it's themselves. You know, like they, they, we treat email as this, as this urgent form of communication, and you have to remember that email is not an urgent form of communication. If someone has something that is pressing, needs to get done, it's an emergency, fires are everywhere and you gotta bring the hose out, they'll call, you know, or they'll come in or they'll or they'll text, like whatever it is. But I think that we put this like we almost put email up on a pedestal that we feel like we have to have it open all the time. And as soon as a client emails, they have to hear back from us right away. And we're literally just feeding ourselves this nonstop cycle of we're training our clients that, hey, when you email me, I treat it as urgent and therefore I'll get back to you right away. And therefore when they get back to you next time and you're saying, oh, what the heck? It's been 24 hours. Why are you following up? You know, the client's going to say, well, because you've trained me that that you treat email as an urgent form of communication. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's the biggest fault in how we treat email and why we get bogged down by email so much. You sort of I get beholden should, to it. Right. It's, it's, it's yeah. almost like you should not be a slave to your inbox. It's one of those things. I mean, Tim Ferriss wrote about this in the four-hour uh, work week whenever that was out, 10, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and he kind of predicted this trend, and here we are living it. Um, you know, his suggestion and something I live by is that your inbox should kind of come open twice a day. And outside of that, you should be doing work and not have your inbox there constantly distracting you. And I think that when you can get into that kind of regimen, um, A, you can kind of, again, get focused on your inbox, spend an hour, get rid of everything, get it out, and then close the app, close Gmail, close mail, whatever it is that you're doing, and then just do the work that you have to get done, you know, whether it's editing or retouching, I mean, anything. 
Yeah, I think I was going to ask you guys, actually, that's a great segue, because I was going to ask both of you guys kind of how, when, how, what is your email regimen? When do you check it? Because I, I read a lot of stuff and listened to a lot of stuff from uh, Merlin Mann from yeah. 43 Folders, and he has a lot of good uh, information on, on Inbox Zero. And one of his suggestions, too, was, again, you treat email, that you you know, you look at it at certain periods. You have your, your email time during the day. I think I read something the other day that, that uh, people spend, on average, about 13 to 15 hours a week on email that's, that's that's a lot of time on email so I was gonna ask both of you guys what's your email regiment in terms of do you have specific times of the day when you check it and deal with email or is it kind of open all day long or, or what do you do Robert what's your email regimen well I think I naturally you know again I'm trying to, to be better about all this stuff and I, I think your points are great Brian I mean I totally agree I naturally you know look at my email in the morning get rid of my junk mail uh, look and see if there's anything you know, that needs to be addressed. But I will tend to address it in the morning, um, you know, drinking coffee. It's just kind of a nice sitting there, do that. Throughout the day, if there's anything that's, like, urgent that comes in or, you know, I, I think naturally we tend to be a little bit more aggressive or reactive to inquiries or business. You know, you might want to get back to someone like that. So I look for that stuff. If it's stuff about albums or whatever, I don't jump on that. You know, I save it. I send it off to come back to me later. You know, that type of thing. Um, but I still monitor my email. I think it's just habit. Um, going back to what Brian was saying, you know, it made me think as he was talking about it, and we've talked about this on the show before, is sort of setting the expectations to your client. Um, and so he, he did that. He gave a great example of how he did that with his client. And I think if you really want to add something like that, you know, just like you have your business hours maybe on your website, you could put something on your contact form that says all emails and phone calls are returned during business hours, Monday through Friday, 10 to 7, whatever your business hours are. But it's also a good way. So if it ever did come up, you know, you could redirect them back to the website. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, we do it in our, you know, we say it in our voicemail. Studio hours are blah, 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 blah. You know, so you could mention it in even in your voicemail. Um, in my voicemail, too, I also say, you know, if you want to get a hold of us, please email, too, if, you know, something right away. You know, and I give them an email address in my voicemail. So... Anyway, little tips. Do How much do you guys think having now email kind of everywhere on everything? So we have it on our phones, we have it on our tablets, so it's sitting next to us on our, you know, our nightstand. It's, it's as opposed to just being this thing that's only on our work computer. Do you think that that's played a, a big role in this email problem these days? And, and how do you guys handle that? Yeah. Horrible. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> this, this is this. I was gonna, you know, kind of go into this little bit of a of a idea that I think. Have you guys ever had it where you read an email, and whether it's on your phone or it's you know somewhere that you're not gonna reply, or maybe even you just if you have your inbox constantly open and you read it when it comes in because you get a notification about it. You probably in your head get into the zone of that email, right? Like you almost in a way kind of reply in your head, but you don't actually reply by typing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like a client says, oh, you know, I'm uh, I'm whatever, whatever, I'm looking at this album and I, and I really want to do this and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you're, in your head, you're like, oh, well, like, why are they asking this? Like they should be doing this and, and here's what you should do instead. And let me give you this link to blah, blah, blah. And you kind of in a way go through the process of replying to the email in your head before you've even replied to it. <laughs> and then if you don't reply to it, 
then you go back to doing your thing and now you've been distracted. Your, your head in, is in a different zone. Uh, your mind is in a different place. And then all of a sudden later on, when you actually want to go and reply to it, you have to read the email again and process it again and kind of reply actually with your fingers and type it and do it all that. That is such a waste of time. You've literally just A, distracted yourself, B, processed and gotten into the zone of the email twice, and it's something that you could have avoided. Um, there's this. I, I wrote I wrote this one blog post, and I did a ton of research about this topic because it's so it's so uh, you know succinctly points out the exact issue that that we're talking about here. There's this science called interruption science, and it's the the study and the theories behind how we work as human beings and how we've evolved over the years with technology. And their argument, and I I don't think many photographers could argue with this is that the average office worker gets distracted four times an hour, by typically by email. And on average, when you get distracted by something like email, it takes you on average 23 minutes to get back into the zone of whatever it was you were working on. Now this might be subconscious, you may not be like, you may not actually be distracted for 23 minutes, but by the time you break that flow and you break that sort of zone that you were in and then get back to that zone, it's usually about 23 minutes. So when you do that math, Literally, for every hour, it takes you two hours to do one hour worth of work because we're letting ourselves get distracted like this. Yeah. And so, you know, to my point about having email on the phone, that is a complete waste of time, energy, and attention because unless you're actually going to reply to that email right then, right there on the phone and then file it away, you're literally processing it twice and you're forcing yourself to do double the amount of work. That's an excellent point. Yeah, I actually have my phone set so that it's not um, it's not the push. It only it only will fetch email when I actually explicitly pick up the phone and go into the right. email app. So I'm not sitting there getting like dings and pops and like uh, bells going off because we get trained like Pavlov's dog a little bit, right? Like <laughs> ding, oh, oh, I gotta look. It's a message. It's an email, right? I I find the same distraction could apply to other, you know, there's other things besides your email inbox. I know today we're specifically talking about email, but you know, Facebook is a is an, yep. a great example. As I hear, you know, a lot of photographers. Anybody, it doesn't matter whether you're a photographer or not, but because our, our audience that we're talking to is wedding photographers, say, oh, I'm having such a hard time getting my editing done. And, and you find out that, well, do you have Facebook open? Or these, and if they actually sat, and I've, I've done this, and I was guilty of this for a long time too, is I would have these other distractions open, and sometimes if I'd get bogged down a little bit on something, I would go to these, these distractions like email or Facebook <laughs> or something else, and no wonder, yeah, it was taking me longer to edit. So what I've started doing is, when I get into edit mode, I'm going to edit for the, say the next two hours. I shut my browser off, mm -hmm. so it's not there as a temptation to look and see is there a Facebook message or you know whatever. Because at the end of the day, really, a lot of that stuff, like 99.9 percent .9 of that stuff, is meaningless and useless, and all it's doing is just sucking and, and taking time away. Same thing with email. What I've started doing, um, much like Robert, is you know in the morning I'll sit down, I'll go through my emails, kind of queue up what needs to be dealt with at that point in time. If it's an inquiry or what have you, I'll deal with those. If it's questions from a client about a you know like say album or whatever it is, you know maybe I'll answer those if I can answer them quickly, or I'll defer them and say okay I'm going to do email today from one till till two or one to one thirty and then I deal with stuff at that point, and then I might do it again towards the end of the day at like 4 o'clock. Maybe I'll check again. And that's kind of the routine that I've gotten into, and I found that that's helped me get a lot more uh, done during the day and be more productive. 
I think one of the biggest tips that I've ever learned, and it's it's one of the like this is the golden nugget in my thought in terms of like if you want to get out of this zone of being a, a slave to your inbox and actually get things done and actually get work done because I can't tell you how many times I see Facebook updates from friends of mine who are photographers at 2.30 in the morning that are saying, oh, I'm so busy editing weddings. Doing my, It's like we should not be editing weddings at 2.30 in the morning. We should not be like where is – gosh, you did not get into business for yourself to be a slave to your business and yeah. to not have any balance in your life. So here's one tip. When you get into your office, into your studio, whatever that setup is like in the morning, um, and even before when you wake up, make one thing. Give yourself one thing, the most important thing that you can do today. What is the one thing on your list that you have to get done today? Don't look at your email until you get that thing done in the morning. Don't look at your phone when you wake up. Don't read email when you get into the office. Just get in. If you have to edit a wedding, get in, edit the wedding, and then open your inbox. <clears throat> I promise you, you will get that thing done quicker because you don't have the distraction of email. You're going to be in a much better zone because you haven't started looking through email and processing things. I mean, we've all gotten it where you know we start looking through our inbox, and maybe there's one negative email from a client that's not happy or something that's happened or whatever it is. Or we go on Facebook and we see this news story, and it puts us in this negative zone. Mm -hmm. It puts us in this distracted state, this place where we're not going to be giving it our all, whatever we do after that thing. So if you can avoid yourself from going there and, and come into your office, come into your studio, whatever you're doing, be completely fresh, have a nice cup of coffee, do your thing, do whatever that one thing is that you have to get done, completely distraction-free in a good frame of mind, and then go and look at your inbox, I promise you you'll shave 20 hours off your work week if you do that every day this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or I have a suggestion. I was thinking along the same lines. Like we're talking about this problem, but what's the solution? So Brian just gave you one, and here's another one. I think the photographers like, you know, maybe that doesn't work for you. Like, oh Brian, I could never do that. You know, because <laughs> I've got stuff to do the first thing I get in the morning. So here, set yourself a goal and pick the hour of the day that you're going to return your email. I mean, it's all about structuring your time. And, and, and this, you know, I have to uh, adhere to this myself. So, you know, I'm not the king on the mountain that does this, but I'm giving you ideas because I think about it for myself. But pick an hour of the day, like, all right, well, I'm going to do email from whatever, 10 to, to 11 while I drink my coffee or 8 to 9 while I drink, whatever. But only deal with your email that day. And then practice, use Boomerang or some sort of tool, like, and push emails to another part of the day if you're going to, you know, do albums at a certain point or editing or whatever. But practice doing that, you know, and just getting away from email all the time. I mean, I think that's the practice. Like, give yourself, you know, an hour. And we talked, we touched on social media. You could do the same thing. If social media is important, so dedicate an hour of the day to that or a half an hour, whatever you need. But you're only going to look at Facebook, do your social media, any of that within that half an hour, deal with your emails. And then the rest of the day, now you have time. You're going to edit albums, design albums, edit jobs, you know, whatever it is, you know, do pay your bills, whatever it is to set your time, but set yourself a goal and make that your, you know, your first, you know, uh, try that, you know, it's your TWIP homework. If, if, if I can just, I, I want to interject just for, for a second, because I, I, I hear photographers saying this all the time, and, and Robert, this isn't like directly at you, but it's just, no, no, no. You, you, you said, you know, some photographers might take this suggestion and say, oh, well, like, you don't understand, like, I've got these things that I have to do, or this wouldn't work for me, and 
I really want to encourage photographers to consider the fact that what we do for a living is not life-changing. It is not an emergency. We are not doctors with scalpels operating on people's brains. We are photographers, and we do a great job of what we do, and what we do is incredibly important, but if we can't get these things done, we're not going to be able to keep being a photographer because we're going to not run successful and streamlined businesses. And I think oftentimes the biggest thing in our way is ourselves. And we tell ourselves a story, like you hear, you hear a suggestion like the one that I gave or any of these discussions that we're having today, and you say, oh, well, you know, that, that sounds great for, for this, 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 but that just, that's not me. I, I've, I've got this, this thing, and I do this whatever, and I'm this super important whatever the thing is. And, and all that I want to say is that you've been listening to us talk about this now for 40 minutes. If you're still with us, I think it probably means that you acknowledge the fact that you've got some work to do on improving your productivity and your email management. And if you dismiss any of these things and say, oh, well, that, that just that won't work for me. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a story that you're telling yourself, and it's probably a lie. You're probably lying to yourself in saying this. And I just want to quickly bring up a quote. I use this all the time, but I love it because it's so true to what we do. It's by Albert Einstein, and he says, the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. So if you're listening to us right here and you're saying, well, that's not going to work for me. Here's why I do things. And I just got to keep doing things the way that I'm doing things. You're going to keep getting the same results. And if you're with us still right now, 40 minutes in, you acknowledge that you want different results. And so my suggestion would just be to try something and throw away the stories that you're telling yourself because you're probably just lying to yourself and making things bigger than they actually are. Um, so that's just a quick little address. I just want to say, like, be open to trying new things. Mm -hmm. What have you got to lose, right? Like, take a week and say, for the next week, the next five working days, I'm not going to touch my inbox until I get that one thing done. I promise you that once you try that for a week, you're, you're never going to go back to your old way of doing things. Yeah, it's all about changing habits, right? It's like it's like anything. It's like diet. It's like exercise. It's it's like anything you want to change in your in your life. It's a habit. You have to break that cycle, right? You yeah. have to and you have to stick to it for a while before it becomes becomes a habit and becomes a routine. And then once it becomes a habit and it becomes a new routine or a new habit, you know, then you know, then you'll never go back, right? You won't look back and say, oh yeah, I remember that the back in the days when I had email going all the time and. So I want to kind of close this. I think we've we've covered a lot, but I want to kind of bring it back to the inbox zero, and I want to specifically talk a little bit, you know, get your guys' input on some strategies and maybe some some methods or some things that you do in terms of how you organize your your emails, so how you triage them when they're coming in, um, and kind of you know some advice to people. What are some strategies that you use to kind of filter and organize your your email to get you to that inbox? zero level. Um, I, For example, one of the things that I use, and I again, I use Gmail, um, I use the labeling function a lot in uh, Gmail, and then I've got a pick that's going to save people some time as well, but I'll save that for my pick of the week. But I use the label feature in um, Gmail. So basically what uh, what you can do in Gmail is you can organize things using labels. So I'll create, for, an, for example, I have a, a label for all each of our wedding clients. And so every time I get a, uh, an email in from that wedding client, it'll automatically get labeled and color-coded co to that 
you know, to that person. So I can organize things very, you know, quickly and easily just by the labels. Um, that helps me keep my email organized. That doesn't necessarily help me deal with it from a, from a re did I reply or not reply, but at least it helps me kind of organize, you know, the emails in my inbox. Do you guys have any specific strategies or ways? I know, uh, Robert, you mentioned you use Boomerang. I think, Brian, you use Boomerang as well. Yep. Yep. I, I do the same. I use labels as well. Um, another strategy that's also available in, in Gmail is uh, it's kind of labeling, but you can make it bypass your inbox and go direct to a folder. So let's say, like I do that with my bank statements. I don't need to see my bank statements come in because I get an electronic <coughs> one. So I just have it go there. I know it's there. Um, you know, maybe it's a magazine that you subscribe to or, or whatever. Um, and you just have to go in and check that folder. I mean, there's so many tools available in Gmail. Um, and then I will manually, I have, of course, many folders and stuff will come in and I will manually, you know, of course, I get a ton of emails from Sony and communications and all that stuff. Um, I'll go in and I'll just sort the, you know, I'll sort by the person's name or, you know, it's typically one person that emails me a lot. And then I just drag those into the Sony folder and just get them out of my inbox. You know, so maybe once a day I'll go through and, you know, sort of categorize stuff and, and you know, try to, that helps as well. Brian, how about you? What's your kind of, how do you triage email and what, what do you, how do you process it? Yeah, so I, I'm, uh, I'm unapologetic with filters. So be, and that's one of the things that I love about Gmail is because you can have this really comprehensive, robust filtering system. Um, so, I, like, basically, whenever I get an email, like, if you want to set this up, right, um, next time you get an email that you necessarily don't need to have in your inbox, you know, I think, I forget if it was Bruce or Robert, one of you guys mentioned, um, like, I have any receipts, any invoices, any uh, confirmations, any things like that, I have automatically taken out of my inbox, marked as read, put into another folder. Once a month, I go into that folder, print everything out, and it goes to my bookkeeper. So... There's all kinds of things. There's emails that we get all the time that we don't necessarily need to have in there as something that bogs up our inbox, but instead it's more of a, it's a piece of reference, it's just an FYI, it's something you may want to keep on record. So whenever, you know, if you want to start right now, just go through your inbox and start looking at these things and say what kind of emails do I not need to be seeing in my inbox as they come into my inbox, but more something I can just go back and reference. Um, so you can use filters in that sense and just start to filter things out. Um, if I get, like, you know, when I said that I get 50 to 75 emails uh, a day, those are the ones that make it into my inbox. I probably get triple that in terms of emails, in terms of spam or newsletters or, uh, you know, confirmations or receipts or all those things. Those all automatically get filed away. I don't even see those until I need to go and specifically look for them. So uh, I use filters unapologetically to, uh, you know, get in and out of my inbox as quick as I can and keep the inbox nice and tidy. But I also think there's there's two two more things or maybe one more thing that you can use to streamline your inbox, and it's using email templates. I know it's not necessarily inbox zero talk, but it helps you be more productive in your e inbox so you can get out of it quicker. <clears throat> So if you're using Gmail, for example, there's a plugin called Canned Responses. So you can use this plugin and you can have pre-written emails of common replies that you send to clients and you can use that as a starting point. So you don't have to retype the entire thing every single time. Um, for me, my sort of rule of thumb is if this is a message that I might send more than once, I make a template out of it. As I'm writing it for the first time, I just start doing it. So if you don't have templates written, just start from this point on. Every reply that you send to a client, ask yourself, 
might I ever send this message to somebody else or part of this message to somebody else? If so, make a template out of it because then you can reuse it later and you can get in and out of your inbox a lot quicker. Yeah, so you're systematizing your your email, yeah. which helps you deal with. Because sometimes you get those emails and say, "Oh, I just you know I know that's going to take me ten minutes to to reply to this person. Yeah. I'll put it off till later." And then you know you get ten of those, and all of a sudden you're like, "Crap, I don't even know where to start." Whereas, yep. like you say, if you can template some of that stuff, boom. And my my pick's going to be similar to to what you mentioned. That's going to help possibly help people with with that as well. I want to ask both of you guys: Have you have either of you heard of a product called SaneBox? Mm-hmm. So I just I just ran across this kind of the other day while I was doing a little bit of research for the show, and it, it looks like an interesting kind of intriguing product. Uh, it's kind of along the lines of a boomerang for for Gmail, um, and it can do sort of that filtering and and movement of emails into different um, folders based upon you know if it's like a newsletter or, or a Facebook notification or something like that that's not an important email that you need to reply to. It can do all that kind of filtering for you as it's as it's coming in. It's a product called Sanebox. It looked like an interesting solution that I might uh, dig into a little bit, you know, a little bit more. I haven't used Boomerang. Generally, I'm pretty. I find I'm pretty good at the state that I'm in with my with my email. I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on it. Um, so I haven't gone into into some of these other plugins. But certainly, in in kind of researching for this show, I came across a couple of others. And Sanebox was one of those. I was just curious if either of you guys had heard of it or. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like it's. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many tools that have been made available because the idea of having a cluttered inbox is a known problem. You know, we're we're in a, a day and age where we have we like. It's like this is like AA, right? It's like we yeah. have a problem with our inbox. Let's oh, deal my name with is it. Bruce. You know? Yeah, it's, right. It's been and three three thousand four hundred messages since my last. <laughs> you know, and it's it's there is a problem, and 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 I think you know if if a tool like Sanebox helps you, great. But but I really think that um, a lot of those time a lot of the times these you know cool fancy apps these things you know they. they it's our way of of pretending like we're, it's going to help us, but it's just a distraction from actually get you know doing what needs to happen. I think if you can be strict with your policies with email and apply some of the things we've talked about today, you can manage it yourself just with a mm-hmm. Gmail inbox. <clears throat> yep. But the the other, I just want to quickly mention because this is something that I totally forgot to mention earlier, and it's I think this is something that can help so many people. It's called Unroll. Oh, you're killing me. me! Yeah, no, yes. Is That's this your pick, pick of the week? Of the week. <laughs> oh, is it okay? I'm not gonna. I thought your pick was boomerang. Go ahead. No? You can do. You okay. Can, I said I switched it up because I thought it's something uh, much better. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll, Robert, I'll let Robert. No, talk no, no, about go. Me. You're rolling with it. Go with it. <laughs> it's one of it's it's you know unrolled on me. It's it's one of those things where you know so many of us we we put our email into you know subscription boxes here and signups here and we buy something here and and all of a sudden next thing you know it you've got your inbox is just flooded with emails that you're like, how and why am I getting this email? Mm-hmm. And so Unroll.me basically allows you to put in your email uh, into Unroll.me. It integrates actually right with Gmail, so you can just do it right from the app. And it will go and find everything you've ever subscribed to, and then with the click of one button, you can unsubscribe from either everything, or you can go through the list and say, unsubscribe, 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 unsubscribe. And so all of a sudden, your email clutter can get down to just those emails that you really want to be getting in your inbox, mm. as opposed to all the spam that floods your inbox every day and that you get drowned by. Yep. And you need to do it a few mm. times a year. 
Yeah. I've done it before myself, and you know, which is why I was going to do it because we hadn't even touched on junk mail, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's like the biggest culprit in the inbox. <laughs> uh, Gmail does a great job of getting rid of like the the junky junk mail, like the prescription drugs and the you know all that stuff, and but uh, you know you still get all those uh, subscription things every time you sign up for a piece of software, then you get their emails and you know some for a while you might even be interested in it and then after a while you're like oh my gosh I'm so sick of seeing that so yeah you just it gives you a list of everything that comes in and you you either click unroll unroll and keep the ones you want and it's great like all of a sudden you do that it's so uh, uh, cleansing. Liberating, you know, it's, free. it's such a liberating cleansing. You know, you wake up in the morning. Like I said, I wake up with like twenty-five, thirty, and you know, I would say more than half of them are just stuff like that. And you know, it's like time to go do that again. And I'm actually just recently thinking about that. So, cool. Yeah, you do it. It's such a great thing. So, that's Robert and Brian's tag team pick of the week. <laughs> nice. That's a good. That's a good pick. That same box does something similar. The cool thing it does is when it gets into your inbox, you just drag it to the. They call it the black. The email black hole folder, and it at when you drag the message in there, it also at the same time unsubscribes you from whatever oh, that cool. thing was, which yeah, is kind of cool. cool. So that was a similar kind of kind of thing. So yeah, like I say, there are some solutions out there that can help you whittle down what's coming in. But yeah, like like Brian suggested, I think. If you put a good system in place, you don't necessarily need all these plugins, you know, and extra things to deal to deal with your email. I think you can get, you know, get down to it by well, yourself. And, and just as a side note, a lot of the the things that have become really kind of buzzy uh, in in the business productivity space are, you know, these iPhone apps or iPad apps for email management. My suggestion to photographers would be get the email off your iPhone, get it off of your iPad. I mean, based on the conversations we've had today, you shouldn't be managing that on, on your iPhone. Like, you should take the time once or twice a day, do your inbox on your computer, and then get out of it. And don't let yourself get distracted by it on your phone. So, yeah. Just leave the phone app on your phone. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Phone app and Instagram. That's it. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm going to um, I'm gonna give you my pick. So we kind of... Sure, their their picks, but they might have other picks. But I think it might be a good time to jump into our into our yep. picks of the week um, segment. Um, so I'm going to share my pick because it's sort it's sort of along the lines of templates, um, and it's a product called Text Expander. Either of you guys use Text Expander? I use something similar. Yep. So Text Expander basically what it allows you to do is um, create uh, shortcuts. That uh, that you can type that that will then expand out the full block of text that you want to actually type without having to type at all. So, for example, I have a a standard kind of reply when we get a wedding inquiry. So again, I, I've what I've done is tried to systematize anything that I've typed more than once to a client, be it a reply to a wedding inquiry or when I'm sending a client uh, to let them know that their album proof is is ready. These are kind of standard kind of email templates that I send, you know, fairly regularly. So what I've done is I've, you know, created out all the text and then given it a, a keyboard shortcut. So for example, I might have one that's like M-I-D-W-R. So it's something that I wouldn't normally type. It's not a normal combination of letters, but it's, you know, moments in digital wedding reply. I can just type M-I-D-W-R and then boom, text expander expands out the 300 word or 500 word uh, email template. And it, you can add some fill-ins, right? So I have some fill-ins, like, so it can look kind of personalized, so it can include, like, their date and their location and their names and things like that. So there's some fill-in snippets that I can type in, and then, boom, within, you know, 10 seconds, I can send a kind of a 
a templated reply, but it's a bit customized using um, Text Expander. So I find Text Expander is great for anything. If I have to type it more than once, I systematize it and put it into a Text Expander um, note or template. So that's a product you can get from um, Smile Software. It used to be available in the App Store, but we were talking just before the show started because Robert hadn't heard of it, and we went to go look for it. It's no longer in the App Store. I think they pulled it, like Smile Software pulled it from the from the App Store because of some issue with, with Apple's sandboxing of apps and the way it needed to do its updates. So I think you have to buy it externally from the App Store uh, just through their website. But it's through, we'll put a link in the show notes to it, but it's called Text Expander. Um, there's similar, it's for the Mac. There's something called, uh, I think it's called Phrase Express is uh, similar um, for Windows if you happen to be working on a Windows PC. There's other probably other programs out there as well, but I found Text Expander on the Mac to be a good choice for that kind of uh, shortcutting of typing, repetitive typing things. Cool. I've I've got a pick of the week. If if you I know yeah. we already mentioned um, uh, the. You already um, stole Robert, so you yeah. stole Robert. <laughs> so so the one that I was initially going with is an app called Rescue Time, and <clears throat> it's one of those things. If you were to look at, if you were to look at two people that were trying to lose weight, you're like wait a minute, where's this going? Two people trying to lose weight. One weighs himself every day and is exercising, the other just exercises. The chances of the one who weighs himself every day to actually lose weight is very likely because there's this theory in general is you know that which you measure gets improved. And so that's a well-known thing, right? I mean, like there's a reason that we do food logs or we weigh ourselves regularly. If you want to make a change, monitoring it and measuring it is a great way to know how you're doing it to give yourself something to go off of. That's how Fitbit's built its business. <laughs> exactly, right? That's that's how Apple Watch does things with the, the, the health kit. It's how Fitbit, it's how all these apps like that. So Rescue Time is that, but for productivity. So it's an app that you download on your computer. It uh, just kind of lives in the top bar of your, of your if it's Mac OS or if it's Windows, it just kind of lives in the background. And it basically records everything you do on your computer. That's kind of a scary thought, but at the end of the day, you can go and look at it, and it'll say you spent four hours on Facebook, you spent one hour in Adobe Lightroom, you spent three hours on Google, and one hour on YouTube, you know, whatever whatever it is. And then you could look back and be like, holy crap, no wonder I'm not getting anything done. I just spent six hours on social media. And I think it's one of those things that oftentimes we don't think that we're that way. We're like, oh yeah, you know, Brian, these things all sound great, blah, blah, blah. That's not me. I'm super productive. I, I don't I don't waste time. I challenge you. Download Rescue Time and actually monitor. I bet you're wasting a lot more time than you think. And I bet that when you all of a sudden see that, I know when I first started using it, I almost treated it as a game. Because <clears throat> I was thinking, holy crap, I'm gonna measure myself on this at the end of the day. I better be more productive because I, I don't want to see that I'm wasting all this time when I go and look at my stats at the end of the day. And it forced me to be a lot more aware of what I'm doing on my computer. Mm -hmm. So if you just go to rescuetime.com, it's an app you download, and uh, it, it will transform how you work on your computer. And I promise you'll see things that you weren't seeing before. Well, And with that too, Brian, I did this years ago when I started my business, I mean before the internet. Um, and I had a good business mentor who who basically like made me do this manual and he said, I want you to write down everything yeah. you do all day long, basically a time management study on yourself, like how much time, if you talk to a client for four minutes, you know, you write that down, talk to the client, 
editing, whatever it is, bookkeeping throughout the day. And the long and short of it, and I'm sure most photographers are pretty much the same as myself, is that once I did the time study, you know, you realize you're most valuable as a photographer behind a camera and in front of the client selling yourself. Yep. Everything else in your business generally, um, you could have somebody else do. You know, we talk a lot about about you know outsourcing, which is true. I mean, there wasn't that you know that long ago, but you know, you could have someone do your books, you could have someone do your editing, you can have someone do you know all that stuff. But as a photographer, you are most valuable behind a camera and in front of your client selling, and everything else can get sent out to somebody else. And now that's easier said than done, but if you think about that, and again, work towards a goal, you know, even if it's one thing that you get off your plate, like, I hate bookkeeping, I'm trying to get that off my plate. I do the daily stuff, but I don't want to do any of it. I don't want to pay the bills, I don't want to do, I hate it. So it's one thing I'm working towards. Excellent. Well, those are all fantastic picks, and as always, we'll put links to all the things we talked about on today's show in the show notes for this episode. So we didn't get time to, to talk to the or answer the listener question. We'll, we'll try to answer that next show. But um, if you have a listener question that you want to send to us, be sure to email us uh, at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com or just send a tweet, use the hashtag twipwed, and we'll get your question into a future episode. So I think that brings us to the end of another episode, guys. I think we, I think we give some good advice. Get hopefully get people down to inbox, maybe maybe inbox ten. Let's go, let's go inbox ten for Robert. Let's set up <laughs> baby steps, right? So um, we want to thank you know again our sponsors for their support, and we want to remind you to send in your questions and comments for the show and share your thoughts by commenting on the blog post for this episode. So where can uh, if everybody wants to keep up with you guys, where can everybody go to uh, keep up with you, Brian? Um, I teach and write and podcast and blog about the business of photography over at sproutingphotographer.com. I've got a lot of articles that are uh, relevant to the discussions we had today, so if anyone wants to dig a little bit deeper into that, um, one article in specific about the lies that we tell ourselves that I was mentioning earlier, I wrote... Um, an article that kind of went viral about a year ago. It was called The Lie of Busy. And it's all about these things that we tell ourselves and how they're not necessarily the truth. Mm. And so if you go to spreadingphotographer.com slash busy dash photographer, you'll be able to find that. Or just Google Live Busy and it's the first thing that comes up. So cool. that's where I'm at, spreadingphotographer.com. Um, and if you want to find me on social media, I'm at bcap photo, B-C-A-P-P-H-O-T-O. Awesome. Good stuff. Mr. Evans, what are you up to these days and where can people find you on the interwebs? Well, currently I'm the co-host of an amazing podcast called Twip Weddings. Hey. <laughs> and you've seen me out and about if you come to trade shows. I know this will air after Photo Plus, but I'll be at Photo Plus, WPPI, uh, speaking in the Sony booth, teaching. Um, but if you want to just find me, see my work follow whatever important things I have to say on social media. Uh, RobertEvans.com, of course, is my website. Instagram, Twitter are at Robert Evans, and Facebook. Uh, my Facebook page is Robert Evans Studios. Excellent. Good stuff. And if you're looking for me, Bruce Clark, you'll find me over at my website, momentsindigital.com. You can email me there if you'd like. I'll 
reply during business hours, um, maybe <laughs> within 24 to 48 hours. Um, or you can, you can find me on all the social networks, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Bruce Clark with an E at the end of Clark. And with that, that brings us to the end of another episode of TWIP Weddings. Be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com for this show and lots of other great shows on the TWIP network. And thanks again for listening to TWIP Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time.